Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the different industry paths that are available for you if you are not one that wants to work behind the chair for the rest of your life. I am your host, Annie MacArthur. This week, I have two co-hosts with me. I have Russell Mays and Aaron Gray. Woohoo! Hello, hello. I'm yeah. here. I'm here. So we're talking about other options when you graduate beauty school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what or does what? a cosmopologist or a barber degree or an esthetician or a nail? Do we ever talk about? I don't even know anything about nails. I guess you could be <laughs> nail tech to the stars. Absolutely. <laughs> nail techs are there big. Are so many. I mean, they're big in this industry. Like, yeah. Who are killing it. I, Annie and I have gone. That was like one little thing we used to do when we would go to LA is we would treat ourselves to these like insane um sets of nails and yes. i was like holy shit like we're paying a car payment to like have these nails <laughs> for two weeks but they were fancy and have I you seen fancy have you yep. seen the ones that look like like crystal meth rocks on on a oh nail my God. <laughs> i think what you mean russell um is the snow globe nails perhaps <laughs> maybe <laughs> I think that's what Russell meant. <laughs> no, it looks like like crystalline rock candy, you know, like angular. You know, did you ever see Superman and the Fortress of Solitude where those crystals came out of the ground and made his fortress? Yes. That kind of looked like that. I don't know. I watched Rainbow Bright, so <laughs> I don't have a lot of <laughs> We're already we're already off on a tangent here. Oh mm-hmm. Lordy. Lordy. Mm-hmm. All right. So I graduate beauty school or barber school. Yeah. What are other options I have besides going behind a chair? So, you know, when I was in the school system, this was something that I would always have a handful of students. You know, there were always the vast majority of people wanted to work behind the chair. But then I'd always have a handful, uh, Annie. Me. <laughs> me. You're raising my hands. <laughs> who, who would come back and sit with me and be like, okay, I know I want to go through like an assisting program and get started. I want to, I want to build my skill. I want to build my craft. But I don't think five years from now, I want to go into a salon, you know, 10 to six, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started kind of putting together pathways for them because these are these are things that take time, right? Um, no one is leaving school and then immediately, uh, you know, working on set with Cameron Diaz and, and doing her hair mm-hmm. for a Charlie's Angels reboot. Um, mm-hmm. And so these are things that take time. But I think figuring out uh, what path you do want to take, and there are so many. So I think, uh, you know, starting right off into like people, people who everybody wants to do hair and makeup for the stars, right? I'm when I graduate, I'm just going to move to LA and I'm going to I'm going to do hair on movies. Okay, cool. Yes, you can absolutely do that. Like, so here's the path for it. So I think like within the entertainment industry, um, there's definitely working on set, uh, doing commercial session work. So we have a friend, this is going to age me. We have a friend who used to really like make his livelihood from doing, um, the Mervins ads, you know, like the one that came out every week and it'd be like the girl in her, in her jeans. And he did all of the, all of the hair and the makeup for all of, all of the imagery that went into those, Mm -hmm. um, and for like Forever 21. Uh, so you can do hair and makeup for like those photo shoots. You can do it on set with celebrities. Um, you can also, you know, in LA particularly, there's a huge, um, there's a huge kind of 
subsect of people who go to celebrities' houses or to their hotels or like that type of thing and do hair on site. I did this. And has done it. Yes. Yeah. For anyone who was questioning, like, is that real? I did this. Yeah. I, I, this is when I lived in LA, this is how I made a lot of my money is going to celebrities' homes and waxing them. Cause that's primarily what I did for those particular services. Um, I, I did waxing for years, just kind of a, a, a little side tangent really quickly. I think for people who are listening now, something that can really easily, I think, jog the brain when you don't know the ins and outs of the industry fully, completely, or just entering the professional beauty industry. On my own journey, I was 20 years old. I went and got my aesthetics license and because I, I paid for it myself, that was the cheapest way I could get myself into this industry. That's what I did. I did it for a long time. I did facials. I did waxing services. I did all of the things under the aesthetic umbrella. I did not know how to get into professional beauty other than working in a salon, which is why I think this episode is really important because it is difficult. And if you don't know, you don't know. And for me, I went back to cosmetology school because I literally did not know what else to do. That was the only thing that my brain could think of was go back to cosmetology school, make it or break it, make those connections, network your ass off, figure it out. Which mm-hmm. is why this episode is so important because it's like I I, I spent an extra twenty grand <laughs> trying just to figure out how to get my foot in the door into professional beauty when I had already spent ten grand getting a, a license originally again right. because I did not know any better. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of our friends have courses that literally walk you through, like, okay, so you've graduated or. I mean, even with some of them, it's like, you're still in school. Here are the things to do. And they tell you where you need to be and what union you need to talk to and how to get into the union to do mm-hmm. this. And, you know, the easiest, because it, you don't just have to live in LA to do yeah. hair for, um, you know, Hollywood, quote unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are, there are lots of markets, uh, in, in North America that are hopping and they really break it down. And um, I would say that if you are not following Dean Banowitz, his handle is um, at D like David and then Bano, B-A-N-O. He has a course and it's self got like you, you know, you just pay your money, you log on online, it's videos, it's worksheets, it's, it's all this stuff. Um, but he has a huge presence in the school systems um, and a huge heart for for students, mm-hmm. but he walks you through how to start doing celebrities hair and how to do it for television. I mean, Dean is someone who he started with American Idol. Um, he's Simon Cowell used to like fly him around to cut his hair. Um, Ryan Seacrest, like he, he did everybody. all the, yeah, he did the Britney Spears wigs for, I believe it was her circus tour. I could absolutely be wrong, but he did every single wig for Britney Spears. And I remember the first time I ever went to Dean Banowitz's house, we put one of those wigs on my head and I was like, best day of my life. You're like, <laughs> also, you're never also, getting it back. Dean Banowitz's house is like such an experience. <laughs> I feel like every time I'm like, okay, it's a, it's a totally different uh, hair experience every time. Yes. Um, Dean, Dean does everything. Dean everything. does everything. He's been on every show ever. Um, he... He's been, you know, I mean, he's been an educator in the industry, but he is so engaging. He is so funny um, and just 
smart and kind and entertaining. You know, I, I would highly suggest if you are interested in that side of the industry, that he become your mentor um, because he is absolutely yeah. an authority on it. He did, yeah. you know, the hunger games, like he, he does it all. Um, you know, we have another friend, uh, Daniel Coy, mm-hmm. and we met him like way back, way back at the beginning of, um, the hair nerds. And he was doing wigs for, uh, Miss Saigon at the time. And he used to do primarily Broadway. Um, and he, he not only puts the wigs on and sets them for the, you know, for the performers, but he, he creates that wig. He hand ventilates that wig. Mm -hmm. And he has a course called wig hackers that will teach you how to take, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a crappy wig and put a custom lace front on it so that it can become a wig that you um, are renting out. He, he rents these wigs out to, um, these like plays or a, a television production and they use them and, and then he gets them back and he redoes it and he rinses them out again. So mm-hmm. there's, he does Vanessa Williams wigs. Like there is a huge, huge kind of underground subsect that people don't even know about. I didn't know yeah. about it until we met Daniel. Um, Something and now else. he is so kind and teaches it. So absolutely. Something amazing about Daniel too, is that Daniel's New York based, and he actually at one point was the president of mm-hmm. the New York based union mm-hmm. that worked primarily with TV movie and Broadway because mm-hmm. the union in that part of the country is quite different mm-hmm. um, yep. than the unions in LA, in, a, in New York, because Broadway or is the ones so, like so large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They have to be part of the union. And so he is a great person that has a lot of information and the correct information about unionization yeah. and the policies of that yeah. in that yeah. area. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would also say that even, even if you didn't want to do hair um, for Broadway or whatever, knowing how to ventilate wigs is a hell of a skill. Yes. It and is. if that's something that you were interested in, there is a enormous market for, like I said, ventilating that front and putting on that custom hairline so that mm-hmm. suddenly you can take kind of a mid-range wig and make it, you know, a Khloe Kardashian wig. And mm-hmm. don't worry, he's he did Khloe Kardashian's wigs for mm-hmm. Revenge Body. So, like, mm-hmm. it's there. The pedigree is there. And it is literally, like, here's how you hook this hair. Now, like, he... it Every, every hair is hand put in. Um, and he shows you where to get the supplies. I mean, like, so even if, even if you weren't wanting to work on set or, um, rent the wigs out, you could absolutely, while you're watching the bachelor in the evening, ventilate wigs. And, you know, that could be, that could be a whole little side hustle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of wigs, we also have a couple really incredibly talented friends who were primarily and really only behind the chair for many, many years, and then got into wigs because Uh it was something that they were able to then creatively do at home without having to work on clients because working on clients is not for everybody. And Uh just being super honest about that, it was a huge part of the reason that I no longer work behind the chair because that is not my forte. So we have a couple of friends who that was not their forte anymore. They were doing wigs at home to get out that creative um, passion that they have in there. And now they live their entire life styling wigs for drag queens. Mm-hmm. 
that's all they do. Yep. Can you imagine any more fun than that? Right? No. Like, okay. yeah. And so <laughs> wearing so, the wings <laughs> on stage well, might be a little yeah, more. Fun. I mean, I know that that's <laughs> Russell spends his time wearing wigs on stage, but yeah. So we don't so, kink shame here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like those, those are all very relative, uh, relevant ways to still be a part of the industry, but just do mm-hmm. other creative aspects that don't require you to work in a salon or work on clients behind the chair. And and I I want to bring up that, you know, you may think that this is only possible if you're willing to move to New York City or, Mm -hmm. you know, California, you know, L.A. in specific. But it's not. I mean, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. When I was in Louisville, I did hair for the regional theater there and did their wigs for their their Broadway-esque type style, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, performances. And there were local magazines there. I did hair for local magazines and mm-hmm. local photographers. And and so you don't have to be in a big market. Louisville is not a big market, but everything that we're talking about was available there. The fashion okay. shows may not Absolutely. have Christy Turlington there. You get the local version. Yeah. Well, and you're right. And Russell, you know, when we think about ce- celebrities, right. Um, and go into their home, I, I would even say, you know, these like local local politicians wives basketball wives for your local basketball team Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. even the basketball players like Mm -hmm. these are people Mm -hmm. who do not want to leave their home um and i mean god i don't want to leave my home right (laughs) so if i could have all of the services come to me uh that would be incredible as well but i think what annie and i found in our in our years uh where we were surrounded by celebrities was that these are, this is a group of people who don't want to leave their home. So whether you are the wife of, you know, some type of like, uh, sports player, or you are an influencer in your local town, or you're like a famous mommy blogger, um, they, they want services at home. And that is still, you know, quote unquote, this like celebrity level clientele, even, even if you're in Salt Lake city, Chicago, like these people, these people are everywhere. These people are everywhere. Yeah. And there's a premium to pay yeah. when you are servicing someone at their home. Yeah. People might be listening to this too and be like, okay, they're talking about kitchen hair. Like this sounds really illegal. Am I going to lose my license? The nice thing about where the industry is headed today and, and no part of me is, yeah, go ahead and just, you know, illegally do services or anything like that. That is not what that's, we're promoting that's more right me. now. That's more me. <laughs> What, what is really important to think about is if doing something with what we're talking about right now, specifically to at home services, check with how your states, Uh your state that you live in the state board there, what kind of opportunities they allow because many states are changing that, especially because of, you know, certain global instances that we have gone through in the past couple of years, things are changing. Regulations are changing. So check with your regulations. Uh, Many do allow it. It is just Mm -hmm. a license that you have to apply for. Costs a couple Mm -hmm. of bucks, protect Mm -hmm. yourself, protect your license, make sure that you are still being a professional, but these things are absolutely allowed. Just do the research. I I think a lot of it, it, because you've already got your license, that covers a lot of it. There may be some, you know, additional licensing you have to have, Mm -hmm. you know, but But other than that, business license. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I think your license pretty much covers it because there's, you know, that's just a fee. Yeah. It's just a fee. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. another thing that you can do other than being in the, the fashion and entertainment business mm-hmm. is you could go teach beauty school. Absolutely. I mean, beauty school needs 
great educators for the next generation. So that's yeah. just one avenue of education. You could also go work for a product company, uh-huh. you know, but you know, the product companies are hard to get in because everybody wants that gig. Yeah. You know, and I've seen a lot of people just start educating on their own, starting a YouTube channel or educating their stuff on Instagram and have blown up because the more you do it, the better you get. And you become an uh-huh. educator on your own. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Question ahead. for you, Russell. Yeah. As someone who, again, previous to going back to cosmetology school, I had yeah. my aesthetics license. Yeah. I knew I didn't want to work in the salon in, anymore and work with clients. The only thought, the the only understanding I had of getting in with a product company was talking to the local reps that came in, mm-hmm. asking them if there were any openings and like, okay, how do I become that? And everyone always said, you have to start off as a sales rep. And I I am not a salesperson. That is not my strong suit. So I was like, well, how am I ever going to get in with a product company? If I have to be a sales rep first, I can't do that. So as someone, Russell, who is an educator for a product company, what kind Mm -hmm. of steps can someone take who just does not know besides becoming a sales rep? How can someone get in with them? But there's, there's a lot of different ways you can get in, you know? Um, the first thing is if you don't know anybody, then you go to the trade shows and you start with your local, you know, reps and your local salespeople from your local supply houses and ask them, what are the educational opportunities? Mm-hmm. You need any assistance? Who's going to be the educator? I'll help out. And you offer your services for free. And that's how you get in. The only way you're going to get up on the platform or get in front of people is if you're good at what you do. So as you go and assist and you apprentice and you help out in the back room and they say, hey, would you blow this model's hair for me dry? Yeah, you go and it's beautiful. Then they'll say, "Okay, I can trust this person with more stuff. And then as they trust you more and more, you go up the rungs of the ladder. Nobody starts out at the top rung of the ladder when they're an educator. Mm -hmm. So you have to be good at what you're doing or at least know what you're teaching really, really well. There are a lot of people that specialize in something. And I think the best way to get in with a manufacturer today is to force your way in through popularity on Instagram and YouTube and things like that. Uh You You go and you have an open platform on your cell phone right here, and you can create content and put it out and no one's going to stop you. And if it's good, people will subscribe, give you a thumbs up and a heart and a like and say, oh my God, this is amazing. You've changed my life. And the more people you get, the more they have to focus on you and they have to pay attention to you. Uh And one thing that really struck me was how uh, Josh XO, he wanted to be an educator for Paul Mitchell and he never got the opportunity. So he started shooting YouTube lives in his basement or in his apartment and just started. The lighting was terrible. The sound was terrible, but he started. And every week he just started and did one. And then it got to the point he's doing twice a week. Uh And then he got opportunities thrown at him because he was out there already doing the work. So you want to be an educator? Go be an educator. But you got to be good at what you're doing or at least good at communicating it. So you have to learn how to talk. And that's why I get long-winded on here sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny that you bring that up, Russell, because I was absolutely going to say that I think think there's two things here. Um, One, legacy companies so like our larger manufacturers that have like the color the wet line yep. the whole shebang um a lot of them require that you 
are um, an expert in their line. So they require that you have taken all of their classes. And a lot of them have like a master certification course. You cannot educate for them unless you have taken all of those. And they're very expensive. But Mm -hmm. if you're like, this company is my ride or die, like I'm doing it then mm-hmm. I would absolutely suggest taking their, taking their education. Um, there's small classes and mm-hmm. people are going to notice as you're there more and more. Mm-hmm. The other thing um, that's kind of, but an there's no that, guarantee that either. There's not, no. there's absolutely not. And you could walk away with, you know, six, seven, eight, $10,000 worth of educational yeah. courses that you have mm-hmm. taken. And if you don't, if you don't have the personality for it, or they don't think that you are going to be engaging, mm-hmm. I, you could absolutely have the education, of course, yeah. but but not the job that you were looking for. Um, I also think that coming in as a social ambassador mm-hmm. is a really easy way to tiptoe your way into the deep end with um, a company uh, because you can have, I mean, you can have as little as like five thousand followers on Instagram. Um, but I would say the content has to be really, really engaging. Companies are struggling um, to get user-generated content. And so that means that, you know, if I'm I'm a new stylist and I'm talking about Wella all the time on my Instagram, um, now Wella Education is looking at it. And if I have great content, they're posting it to their thing. And as that does really well, there are opportunities to be, you know, a, a color line ambassador or, or whatever. So find, find your shtick, find what's going to make you really engaging. We had, we have friends who are doing this and, you know, they were great at TikTok dances mm-hmm. and they do TikTok dances with their clients. And while it's not super educational, they, Mm-hmm. They're an ambassador now, you know, and they are giving tips and tricks on, on, you know, these product lines. And so I think that there can be, there can be a different journey for everybody, especially with social mm-hmm. utilize, dear God, if you do nothing else, utilize social media, because yes. if you are waiting for someone to like call you up the day you graduate and be like, friend, we're so excited. <laughs> we're waiting. Like, you know, like here's yep. a salary and we've mm-hmm. got, we have a little pink Cadillac for you. And like, we're yep. just thrilled. Let's go. Like you are going to be real sad. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But I, I think you're right, Russell. I think you have to, I think you have to be so great and so bright that they can't afford to ignore you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just have to force your way in. Mm-hmm. No one's stopping you. Just, no. Just go and do yeah. it. Yeah. You want it? Do it. That, but that's the same thing with the entire industry. It's so self-starting and self-motivating that whatever mm-hmm. you want is there for the taking yep. if you're willing to go take it. Absolutely. And it's not going to yeah. be a one step. It's a thousand steps every mm-hmm. day to get to where you want to go. Steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of I want to bring in, because as I'm thinking about it, the three of us currently on this podcast are working currently in different avenues of professional mm-hmm. beauty that mm-hmm. do not require us to stand behind the chair all day. And I kind of would like to focus a little bit on these because we, we've definitely gone over some of those bigger umbrella ideas yep. of working on movies and TV and Broadway and those kind of things. Um, look, working with your local community photographers, um, local celebrities, things like that. Um, also getting in with product companies as educators or sales reps or um, those kind of traditional standard ideas of outside professional beauty from standing behind the chair. Uh The three of us currently on this podcast, I think have very interesting positions and stories. And 
this might be a great time to get to know the three of us a little bit better because with Russell in particular, Russell does work behind the chair. Russell is the only one of the three of us on this <laughs> podcast currently who does take clients right now behind the chair. Russell used and to be a salon owner. Full time. Full time. He works yeah. full time. He used to own a salon, sold the salon, still works behind the chair. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about the other things that you do that do not require you to stand behind the chair. You know, I do some, uh, I work for Feather Razor, you know, doing some educational content for Jatai and their uh, importer for United States and Canada. Uh, I do that. I do two videos a month for them. Uh, I do this fabulous podcast here. <laughs> you know, and I also do, uh, you know, local haircutting classes and local, uh, you know, seminars on on how to become better at what you do technically. And then I'm working on, you know, a product line. So those are things that I'm working on. And I've worked on developing product lines before in the past, mm -hmm. you know, with my old mentor back in New York. You know, I when I got into the industry, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to try it all. So yeah. I've done the Broadway. Uh, I've done fashion shows. I've done photo shoots with, you know, famous people. And I've done, what else have I done? I did movies. Mm -hmm. I did television. I tried to do it all. The product line, the education, um, you know, the, the, I didn't do sales where I went salon to salon, but I was one of the educators that would go salon to salon and do haircutting seminars and hairstyling uh -huh. seminars uh -huh. and things like that. You know, so I've tried to do it all and, and I like it all. My foundation is working behind the chair. You know, part of my philosophy is if I'm going to go and teach someone how to be better at doing hair and I don't work behind the chair, it's a, it's a little bit of a hollow, oh, mm -hmm. I'm an expert. It, it doesn't mm -hmm. have any kind of reality or, or any kind of credibility to it. How am I going to go teach someone how to do this job that I don't actually do myself? So for someone to teach you how to be a salon owner and run a successful salon that's never owned a salon, I don't know. You know, uh -huh. yeah, maybe they tell you everything that someone else who's actually run a salon told them, but it, credibility is always big for me. So Right. I always try to stay engaged and I, and I like working behind the chair. What else have I done, Annie? I don't know. You know this better than me. You were my mentor. <laughs> you still are. Oh, you're <laughs> you know, too like, but, but you have like beyond just educating, like you have been a personal mentor to many hairdressers, yeah, not yeah. just myself. Yeah. But every year I, I was always wanting to give back to the industry. So once a year before COVID hit, I would always do uh, six to eight week training for any apprentice, anybody who was an apprentice in a salon or any new stylist within the first five years, I would do a, an entire training course. It was six to eight weeks long every Monday for free. Just commit to showing up and, and I, I'll help you because not everybody had the opportunities that I have to have such great mentors and educators. So it's a way for me to pay back. So I would do that every year you know, and help these people. And I still get, you know, calls from, from time to time, people asking me, what should I do in this situation? So that was I just me. give my opinion. Oh, yes. <laughs> when I when I was working behind the chair, mm -hmm. I would literally step away from a client and I'd call Russell and be like, I don't know what to do because I was not fortunate <laughs> enough to find the path that, that I wanted, which was to be an assistant and to work mm -hmm. in a salon and be able to be surrounded by a team. And I am so thankful that I was able to find Russell at a hair show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my mm -hmm. first one that I ever mm -hmm. went to as a student was when I met Russell. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, it, it is like Russell truly is an amazing mentor because I would, I would call him when I was stuck because I was not in a salon that was able to help me 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a friend help myself, and yeah. that came in the form of Russell Mays. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank that you. happens a lot. Actually, that happens. You're welcome. That happens a lot, though. <laughs> happens a lot, and that's what this podcast is really about: is how can we bridge that gap from beauty school to working in a salon and making right. a, a successful career out of it? Yeah, you know, and you guys bring so much to this that I don't bring. The social media part, oh, I'm terrible at it. The the mindset of what it takes and how to think about things, Aaron, you're great at that. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. So like you, something that we have on the hair nerds that we have had, I believe the whole time hair the hair nerds has ever been a brand is a section called Beauty in the Background. And for me, Aaron is such a great representative of the people working in professional beauty who are like pillars of our industry, holding it up to a higher standard who maybe did not go to, you know, these people didn't go to cosmetology school. They went another route, but they found themselves in professional beauty and they're absolutely just as important in my personal opinion. They're just as important as licensed cosmetologists, barbers, nail techs, estheticians, everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but my degrees are in um, marketing and journalism. I had parents who felt like I needed to go to, you know, quote unquote, like real college, which I think a lot of us did. And then I jumped right into the industry after. So um, while I'm not a hairdresser, the big joke is that like I play one on Instagram. Um, (laughs) I'm just not a real, I'm not a real hairdresser. Uh, What I do understand is what makes this industry work. Um, and I also have a knack for connecting, connecting people to projects that make sense, launching different types of projects and, and words like Annie and I always joke that it takes two of us to do an Instagram post because she'll take the imagery, uh, and, and looks at it from this like crazy creative eye, like I'll send her pictures and be like, what do you think? And she's like, this is absolute trash. Like delete this immediately. And I'm like, I did such a good job. She's Me? Like, no, no way. No, ma'am. You did I not. never say that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, remember all those lessons that I gave you? All the things I taught you? I'm, I am not a great uh, picture taker. The Annie is incredible. Um, but I have words. Like words I can do. Um, and and I'm able to I'm able to express what a brand wants to get across in a way that is meaningful uh, and and relevant, but also needed because you can have the best imagery in the whole world, uh, but if you don't have storytelling behind it, it's just a pretty picture, right? Like it doesn't convey trust or education or you know or have people take take that call to action. So I live in a in a very different part of the industry. It's, it's primarily emails. Like I feel most comfortable with the people who are wearing suits at the hair show, as opposed to like those in leather pants and bedazzled, bedazzled suit jackets, if you know what I mean. Um, but what if they had a suit and bedazzled shoes? Well, that's very common as well. As you know. <laughs> I'm like, you just literally talk yeah. about most hairdressers like wear hair comfortable <laughs> shoes. Like I would, I'm aware of the Nana heel. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was a super serious child. I, I can't imagine that I would do anything that wasn't like on the more serious side of the most fun industry in the whole world. But, (laughs) um, but I, you know, I've had the opportunity a couple of times, uh, from school owners that I was either working with or, you know, knew who said like, come, like come to school, come to school for free. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've chosen not to 
that doesn't mean I won't ever. I just know that I would not be happy behind the chair. I would not be happy behind the chair because I, I think I just think differently. I think differently. And, and so this is really a, a great path for me to, to put things together. I love hairdressers. I love them so much because they are so different from me. And so I still am able to work with people that I love and, and kind of like manage those emotions for people without having to like go blow out Kathy from Connecticut's hair once a week (laughs) and, you know, and, and, and do her high lift blonde. I just, that's, that's not me. That's not me. Um, but I'm really, I'm really happy. I'm really happy in like the little corner of the industry that I've carved mm-hmm. out for myself. And it literally started from like working in education, starting a blog, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and just kind of learning along the way. I, I use my degrees for sure, but I, I think I could have done this if I had, if I had just gone and gotten a cosmetology license, you know, cause this is just who I am. Like this is the way my brain works. And so I, I know that there are other people out there like me. Um, I would say that, you know, if you, if writing is something that you do well, consider managing local, um, salon Instagrams because, you know, they can give you the pictures and you can post them for them. You have one of the things that I, I have thought about, you know, going back to school so that, because I have a basic understanding of, you know, all of the foundational haircuts and, and how colors and things work. But I think having, um, like having Annie who, when I have a question about something, she's like, Oh yeah, like this is over direction and, and whatever it helps me convey, it helps me convey those experiences mm-hmm. in a more meaningful way on yeah. Instagram to people. Yeah. And just because I know Aaron is not the type of person that will ever toot her own horn, something that I have always found like really fascinating, again, coming from someone who had a perspective of like, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I didn't know how to get into the part of industry I wanted to work. Erin went to a four-year traditional school. She got her journalism and marketing degree. She came back home to where she, you know, went off to college, came back home. Where'd she go get a job? in a salon. Mm-hmm. Where did she and end up working reception Everyone at a salon? So <laughs> you know? So it's like, it, if this is the industry that you want to work with, go get a job in a salon, yeah. go work reception, yeah. go work front mm-hmm. desk. Go. You know, some States allow non-licensed people to do shampoos, go mm-hmm. get that job, go get your foot in the door into mm-hmm. the salon yeah. industry. Even if working behind the chair is not your way, because what Aaron did was go work in a salon, made some friends at the local school, and then went and worked in a cosmetology school, different areas. She moved and worked somewhere else, but got a job eventually in a cosmetology school, worked her way up, and then had to move again because of life, went and got a job in another cosmetology school, took all of the opportunities that were given, took all of the education that was given, took all of the different learn as much as she could about professional beauty, the ins and outs of it beyond just the salon, the local salon and the local school and went to the bigger picture of it and saw that there was so much more available. What'd she do? Bought a domain, started a blog. That's easy because she wanted more because she wanted to be a part of this industry. She did what she knew and it blew up. And it became huge and it became relevant. And that's how we are sitting here talking with everybody today because she wanted more and she wanted to be a part of this industry. Well, now we need to talk about you, Miss Annie. Yep. And what you're so fabulous at. I have a very interesting career story, I feel like. (laughs) Because I've done everything. You want to talk about someone who's done everything in this industry? 
I'm pointing at myself right now. <laughs> That's good though. I have done like every job imaginable. It feels like you kind of got to try everything to know what you like. Absolutely. And and I didn't know again, like I have said it a million times already, but it's like, we, we don't know what we don't know until someone lets us know what we don't know. And I think that's so important, especially in professional beauty. I think we have to come from that mindset a lot of, you know, Cosmo babies coming in and and all of the new wave of future professionals that come out all the time, we have to remind ourselves like they don't know what they don't know until we tell them. And for me, I think where at currently in my career is I, I kind of use that as a big piece to remind myself and to give back to professional beauty, because I think it's really easy to forget that people don't know things and we expect them to know more than they do. And so I like to remind myself to make sure that I slow down, let people know because Mm -hmm. they don't know. So they can be better in the future. Um, I started off as an esthetician. It was cheap. I was paying for it myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a hairdresser. That's what Mm -hmm. I wanted, but I couldn't afford it at the time in my life that I was, I was doing it. So I did what I could and I got into aesthetic school. I went through that as quickly as possible. I showed up every single day. I was there a hundred percent because I wanted a career. I worked in a salon for many, many years doing facials and waxing and traditional aesthetic services. But I was always like alone in the aesthetics room by myself. I worked in a salon that was in two two stories. So I was upstairs kind of by myself, chilling in the room with my clients, you know, vibing, doing our thing. Um, But where I wanted to be was down on the salon floor where there was music and energy and conversation. And it always felt like there was way more happening on the salon floor than there was up in my quiet little aesthetics room. Mm -hmm. So took me some years to figure it out. But again, the only thing I knew how to do besides talking to my local reps with the brands that I had access to was, you know what, I'm just going to go back to school and I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to take every opportunity I did. And I paid for it myself. And I was 26 when I went back to school. So it was really difficult because I decided to quit my job, go to school full time and get through it as quickly as possible. I took every opportunity for extra hours. Mm -hmm. I showed up to class every single day, clocked first one clocked in last one clocked out, you know, minutes count to the matter. (laughs) And I was there a hundred percent for it. And then I, you know, I am a true, true believer in the universe gives you what you need if you show up and are there for it. And I was given Erin and, and she was my like portal to the portion of the industry Mm -hmm. that I wanted to be in. Erin, like I said, she started a blog. She, she took what she had available to her and she wanted more. And so she said, this is what I can do. So she did it. And I saw that and I said, that's what I also want to do. How did you do that? And how can I be a part of it? Because this is what Mm -hmm. I want. And Mm -hmm. I am so grateful that Aaron was able to see something in me and see my passion and commitment to the industry Mm -hmm. and take me under her wing and say, cool, I have opportunities. I'm going to give them to you. You're going to work for them. And I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was not, it was not easy because I was working full time in a salon behind the chair hating it, but knew I needed to do it to make myself better and be able to kind of like, yes, I did work behind the chair. Here is what I was able to take from that, you know, and I worked behind the chair for years before I stopped. 
And what I do today, just off the the path I was able to, you know, I was able to take a lot of education. I was able to travel the world with Aaron to different shows and events and education and meet people in all aspects of the industry, which helped me open up my understanding of what's available. And the funny thing is I ended right back up in a salon, (laughs) but I don't have to work behind the chair, which is what I love. And so I currently am a social media coordinator as well as our assistant program director. And what that means is that I have taken years of experience and I have built a curriculum for our assistants because I knew what I wanted out of an assistant program that I was not able to get or find. And I have been able to build it into something that other people have access to. And I get to work with students and new professionals three days a week in the salon. And I get to make sure that I help show them the path in the industry to what their specific goals and needs are and make sure that they get the proper foundation to build upon for the industry. And I get to utilize my know-how of social media for our salon to help build the assistant program and the Mm -hmm. stylists that are there to support their goals and dreams, which at the end of the day makes me really happy that I get to support professional beauty, which is what I wanted from the very beginning of my career. Mm -hmm. I'll say this about Annie as well. Um, you know, when she was first coming out of school and the hair nerds were still pretty new, she would go to the salon and she would work and then six or seven o'clock she would get off and she would come to my house and we would, we would work on this stuff until two and three in the morning. And we did that every day. And then it would be like, okay, I'm, I'm leaving the salon at five on Saturday and we would get in the car and we would drive to Vegas through the night and then go straight to like Beacon and, and Naha. I think that when, when doors were closed to us, we beat them down. Yes. Um, and that is because this, this, like what we do now is, was so important. Um, and it was what we wanted to do. And so we just had to find a way. And now, you know, it's, it's easy to look back on and be like, okay, well, you know, it was a lot of hard work. Um, it's, it's taken us a decade. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also really important to look at what you want to do a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, because it took time. It took mm-hmm. time and it took a lot of mm-hmm. financial sacrifice, um, yes. a lot of like sleep sacrifice. Yeah. Because we're mm-hmm. so tired all the time. Um, also but family sacrifice. Oh yeah. Aaron has oh, yeah. spent many, uh, her son's birthday at Naha every year. Every year, yeah. always fell on her son's birthday. And mm-hmm. where were we? We were at Naha for yeah. a little Peyton. We had a home. We had a long conversation <laughs> about that at Christmas. Um, so yeah. yeah, that hurt and betrayal has maybe not gone away yet. Um, <laughs> take your children with you. That's my yes. best advice for take them with you. Um, things like that. I know, like now, as we're like we're going to Tokyo, we're doing you know we're doing all of these things. I'm like cool. I have, I have a senior in high school and I'm like, how can we incorporate her into this? Because, um, apparently your children will never forgive you. Um, uh, <laughs> note that, <laughs> note that, <laughs> um, yes, but yeah, any, I mean, I think it's just been creating the opportunities and then when the opportunities weren't there, finding a way. And also, mm-hmm. you know, I think what you did, which was really smart is you, you saw something new and it worked for free for a, a million years. Like, yeah. like all of, all of the things that I'm saying she did, she did those without compensation and was just like, I just want to be a part of this. So you don't necessarily, if you, if you have a friend who's, who's starting something and you're like, this is a great idea. 
idea. Partner up on it. If you think that you guys, uh, Annie and I are unique in that. I think that we, we work really well together. Um, and that's maybe not, not for everybody, but I think, you know, partnering up on things with power in numbers, and it's a lot easier to divide and conquer, um, than it is to have two people starting, a, starting a blog, you know, about the same damn thing. So how can you, how can you use your friends? How can you connect? That's, we've built our entire business off of friend connections, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a really easy way to create those opportunities that maybe don't exist right now. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. it, it, and what we're talking about right now, like I don't just work in a salon a couple of days a week. I work in a salon a couple of days a week because that is my opportunity to take my experience and know-how and mm-hmm. put my money where my mouth is. Right. Because we also, not only is this podcast something we do, we have the Scissor and Moth social courses available online that we built and run. And we also have in-person classes where we go into salons and support their staff and business owners to help create a better social marketing um, opportunities for them. We have a (laughs) full-time consulting business that we work Mm -hmm. with like all types of different clients. We work with um, educators, education companies. We work with product companies. We work with nonprofit companies. We work with celebrity hairdressers. We work with celebrities who are celebrities in the professional beauty industry. We have worked with, um, heiresses. We have worked with, like, I can continue to go on and on and on with, with the things that we do. But at the end of the day, we don't take clients behind the chair. We don't work on hair behind the chair because we have figured out other ways to be a part of the industry because there's so much. And that is the whole point of today's podcast is that (laughs) the opportunities are absolutely endless. Uh We're willing to put in the time, the money, and the research. The opportunities are available. They're straightforward. Uh They're simple to follow. But it requires a lot of freaking moxie to go out and do that every day and to continue yeah. it for years and years and years and years and years until you get what you want. Well, I think that brings us to the end of yet another fabulous, glorious podcast. And I would like to thank my co-host, Miss Annie MacArthur. Thanks. And Miss Erin Gray. <laughs> hello, hello. So uh, please give us a, a, a thumbs up, a rating on Instagram, not Instagram, shit. Please, <laughs> Instagram. I hate Instagram. So good at social. Oh, so good, so good at it. Please leave us a review on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and let us know what you'd like to hear in the future. And we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.